Welcome to the ASCD Connect podcast, supporting you on your journey as a life-changing educator. This is a special episode of ASCD Connect featuring Ohio's Whole Child Network, an ASCD partner. Here's your host. What can schools do to increase safety for students and staff? This is a topic that is top of mind for educators and students each day because learning and teaching is dependent on students and staff feeling safe. Our guests are Jennifer Vargo from the Ohio Department of Education, Emily Torok from the Ohio Department of Public Safety, School Safety Center, and Bobby Boyer, the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. Together, they collaborate on statewide school initiatives to help schools create physically and emotionally safe learning environments. Today, they have some exciting announcements, including Ohio's School Safety Month and Ohio's Comprehensive School Framework. Welcome to our program, Jennifer, Emily, and Bobby. I have some questions today for each of you. Today's podcast is on Ohio's Whole Child Framework Tenant Safety. Jennifer, can you describe what the safety tenant means for schools? Yes, thank you, Emily. Um, so Ohio's Whole Child Framework has five tenants, and, and one of them is safety. And the safety tenant outlines the actions that schools can take to support students' physical and their emotional safety. So included in the tenant, you'll see actions such as schools providing prevention and intervention supports to um, to support students' mental health. You'll see trauma-informed practices, actions that will help uh, the schools to create a positive school climate. Uh, But along with that, there are also um, actions that schools can take to ensure that students are physically safe. And not just students, it's students and staff that are physically safe. So things like ensuring that um, the school is implementing their emergency management plan, that they have a very sound emergency management plan, and that that is created um, in coordination and in collaboration with their community partners. Um, They'll also, to keep children and staff um, physically safe, we want to make sure that the school building itself is safe and secure as well as the playground. So making sure that the doors are locked, um, that they're following safety protocols, that they're doing their monthly drills, all that helps to ensure that our staff and students are, are, are physically safe. So in the tenant, it is, the framework is created to be a blueprint for school administrators, schools, uh, educators, families, and community members to work together to implement these best practices so that we ensure that both our students and our staff are are physically and emotionally safe. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Ohio has declared October School Safety Month. Can someone explain what this means and how it came to be? Absolutely. House Bill 583 was signed earlier this summer uh, by Governor DeWine to designate October as Ohio School Safety Month. This is to increase public awareness of school safety programs and encourage Ohioans to really identify their role in keeping Ohio schools a safe place for students to learn and grow. Since the beginning of the administration, Governor DeWine has uh, been a huge proponent for school safety in in various capacities, whether it's mental health programs and supports for youth or looking at physical safety upgrades for our schools. And one of the big things he wanted to make sure was that every year we have a strong focus on supporting our schools and students where we can do an awareness campaign of the variety of programs and services, not only that the state offers, but the federal government and our 
local communities as well. So it's really an opportunity to share a lot of the best practices that our other schools have across the state, our, some of our first responder relationships as well with our schools, and just emphasize a lot of the great programming and resources that we have so schools can take advantage of them right at the beginning of the school year. Thanks, Emily. Can you tell us some ways that schools and students can participate in October School Safety Month? Absolutely. So our three agencies have been working on kind of a a bulletin to put together for our schools to share a variety of things that they can do to support School Safety Month. One of the biggest things they can do, though, is really share with their staff, students and parents, as well as the community, the various things that the school does to promote safety. So whether that's an anonymous reporting system that the school has adopted or having mental health supports like on-site counselors or referrals to counselors and services, or even having a school resource officer or a designated school safety club. The transparency there is really key because students, staff, and community members can't take advantage of resources if they don't know they exist. So it's a really good time to dust off some of those uh, various resources you have that you know may sometimes just be an automatic thing that you think everybody in your community knows about, but it's a good opportunity to remind everyone, hey, these resources exist. We have them for a reason um, and really share those with the community as well as your students so they can take advantage of them. Uh, we'll also have some theme weeks with topics to share with the students and staff about best practices related to safety. Uh, it's also um, anti-bullying awareness month. So we'll have some activities with that. Uh, we'll have our student safety council for the state end up having some campaigns and different ideas for students to take advantage of, whether it's spirit days uh, to remind students about the different pillars of safety, whether it's physical or emotional, um, or even some best practice school visits where we might go out and talk to a school about a therapy dog program that they have in place or, you know, a different um, emergency management test that they tend to do every year that has been really well received and shows great partnerships with the community. There'll be a variety of things that they can take advantage of, share with their students and staff, um, but also participate in and maybe a social media campaign or things like that. So that uh, bulletin will will be released at the beginning of October for schools to be able to participate in. And then in future years, we'll also have opportunities for them to sign up and uh, reach out to all three of our agencies and have us come visit them to really highlight some of their best practices. Thanks, Emily. Those opportunities sound very exciting. Um, So the three of you worked with three different state agencies, education, public safety, and mental health and addiction services. What brought the three agencies together to work on school safety? Yeah, thanks, Emily. Um, So the the Department of Education received an opportunity from the U.S. Department of Education. Um, They funded a center to improve social, social emotional learning and school safety. And this uh, center put out the opportunity for states to apply, state agencies um, of education to apply for this technical assistance opportunity. And our department was working with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services at the time on prevention education. Um, we were also working with um, Department of Public Safety, um, School Safety Center on physical safety. So we participated in different steering committees um, kind of separately, but we thought that this was a great time to bring our three agencies together to really start talking about what does comprehensive school safety look like in the building. We know that it's really important that students feel emotionally safe and physically safe. Um, And so how could our three agencies work 
together, um, look at the policies that each different agency was putting out that align to emotional and physical safety, and also looking at the funding that we're putting out in the various uh, in our various agencies for both those purposes. Um, so through this opportunity um, from the U.S. Department of Education, um, we started on this journey, uh, which started over a year and a half ago. Myself, Bobby, and, and Emily started to meet on a on a biweekly basis. Started talking talking about um, and actually did an inventory of all the policies, programs, um, funding that we that we were doing as it related to safety. And that's how the that's how the um, collaboration began. And it's been such a wonderful journey. We've done um, we're going to talk about the comprehensive school safety framework, which is kind of the culmination of that project. But what I will say is that since we started meeting on a regular basis, we have done so many uh, different initiatives, including the one that Emily was just talking about, um, October being um, Safety Awareness Month. And so any any chance that we get to collaborate um, and communicate about school safety or even around each other's particular topic, we make sure to do that with our various audiences. Well, it's been a great journey, Jennifer. One of the things that I noticed is when all the other states got together for our first meeting together before COVID, that we were the only state that I noticed of all the teams that had mental health and maybe even public safety at the table. And I was really shocked by that. And, you know, something that we've had already come to value as common as a common practice for us to get together and work together because we have such a long history. It seemed it was striking to me that other states had not thought about that for this particular topic. Thanks, Jennifer and Bobby. So together, I'm hearing that you created Ohio's Comprehensive School Safety Framework. What is comprehensive school safety and what's the purpose of the framework? Sure. I think I'll jump in on that one, Emily. Uh, Comprehensive school safety is really, in the simplest form, a collaborative and the dedication of all school staff to create a school climate that feels safe emotionally and physically. And it also includes uh, the work of their relationships with their community partners as well. So it's a real, you know, it has a variety of components to it. Uh, Ohio Moss has developed a couple of different frameworks over the years, and recently we have developed the comprehensive suicide approach uh, for schools and our school wellness initiative. And each of these frameworks are just a way of collecting best practices together and helping schools to give them some guidance on how to get started in this type of work creating some resources for them to help them in uh, those uh, steps towards the work and pointing to existing systems in their school that relate to the work so that they're building on the work that they've already done. So we uh, modified a national framework for safe and successful schools and made it Ohio specific. And so we're real excited to start rolling that out. Thanks, Bobby. Can each of you share a key takeaway from the framework? that will help schools increase student and staff safety? I can jump in on that. I think some of my favorite ones uh, in the framework are thinking about uh, that there's no cookie cutter way to do this. (laughs) Every school is different. Everyone uh, has their own way of doing things and that's okay. Just starting uh, from wherever they are is really important. And uh, acknowledging that it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. And so just taking the time to 
to realize that and have that kind of mentality when they start, I think is really important. And I really like that about the framework that there's no one size fits all approach, uh, but there are some guidelines to think about as they uh, look at this work. I'd like to build on what Bobby said a little bit uh, about it really being something that's not new. Uh, this is something, not something that the state is forcing you to create. Uh, it's not a new policy or program. It really builds on the existing framework that schools have in place. So they may already have quite a few of these programs implemented, and it's really just tying them together and recognizing them all as a, a comprehensive approach to safety. And Coming from a physical safety standpoint, typically at the Department of Public Safety, uh, I think it's really important for us all to recognize that safety is both emotional and physical. You really cannot have one without the other. And I think that's really kind of what we're trying to show folks here in Ohio is that these programs go hand in hand. And you really have to implement a structure that focuses on both of these, not just one of physical security improvements, not just the other on behavioral health programs and school climate. You really need to have both of them in order to be successful in a school safety framework. Framework. Um, and a lot of schools are doing these programs already. And it's just a matter of kind of doing the same thing we did at the state level, an inventory of, of what you've got going on and really communicating with those partners across the table that you probably never thought to communicate with before to really understand the climate and culture going on in your school and outside of your school and your community to implement those supports. And I'm going to turn it over to Jennifer because uh, I know she has a lot to add here. Thanks, Emily. I'm I'm gonna take this from a personal perspective as a former principal. Um, as a former principal, you know, school safety is always our number one priority that our students and our staff are safe. Number one, and a lot of times we do well. We have to focus on both things. We have to focus on the physical and on the on the emotional safety. But I know in my experience, I experienced those things often in two different. Um, times or, you know, in two different types of meetings, um, I would have a team that was focused on physical safety. I would have a team that's focused on um, emotional safety. And, but we would never really come together to talk about in order to really keep students and staff safe. You know, one of the reasons that I thought it was important for us to have this framework was we do have requirements that we have to meet by state law that really do meet the physical safety needs of our teachers and, and our students, as well as um, the emotional needs. So how do we start to think about these policies that we have to do and how do we do them in a way that it's interconnected? So I just think that the, the uh, framework does a nice job of um, tying in the two, putting them into a multi-tiered system of support that looks at prevention through intervention and, that we build, as Emily and Bobby has said, that we build on what's already in existence, our PBIS framework, our MTSS framework, um, our intervention support teams that we have in our buildings, um, and that we ensure that you know when we're having professional development with our staff, we're, we're talking about comprehensive school safety. So we're going to talk about locked doors and the importance of locked doors, just as well as um, you know bullying that's happening in our schools and how do we how do we address bullying. I just want to punctuate one more thing about the emotional safety is really about building those trusting relationships between the students, staff, and families. And we have all kinds of strategies that can help do that. 
along with uh, making sure that there's access to mental health services and educating students and staff on how, how and where to go when they need help. Thanks so much. How would a district or school implement this comprehensive school safety framework? Going back to what Jennifer was talking about, that schools have teams already in place, kind of looking at your school teams that you have in your building or in your district and see what makes sense uh, for someone to take on this, uh, this mission to look at what is already in place and uh, look at the model, become familiar with the model, compare what you already have in place to what the model uh, shares as best practices, and then look for um, what, what those gaps are. And, and then look to us for resources and support to help you implement those, those practices. Fantastic. Thanks so much. In closing our podcast today, can you tell the listeners where they can go to learn more about the Comprehensive School Safety Framework? Yeah, uh, Emily, I can definitely share that information. So we will be posting on our website, which is the Ohio School Safety Center website, ohioschoolsafetycenter.ohio.gov, the comprehensive guide, as well as some information from all three of our agencies about the different programs that we have and the different pillars of safety that you can get more information on. I think it's really important to point out that we have been doing a pretty good job over the last year or two in trying to share each other's resources in our newsletters, our bulletins that you probably have already seen from a lot of us. as well as doing back to school campaigns and a variety of things where we're really highlighting, you know, well, you can get this from the Ohio Department of Education, but, you know, this resource is also shared from mental health and addiction services, and this one's from the School Safety Center. So we want to make sure that every school has the resources they need in order to not only understand what the comprehensive school safety framework is, uh, but also have access to the resources that we mentioned to help build a lot of the structure in your school. So So the information will be put in the guide, posted on our website, and then we'll also get a bulletin out to every school in the state of Ohio to share this information to learn a little bit more. And we're definitely excited to share this information with you all and and have you provide feedback on, you know, what kind of resources you're missing in the framework on the website. And that way we can make sure that we're filling those needs for the schools. So check back on ohioschoolsafetycenter.ohio.gov to see this information. And certainly you can reach out to any of the partners you have at any of our three agencies to be able to get more information. Thanks so much, Bobby, Jennifer, and Emily for joining us today. Listeners, tune into our next Whole Child podcast on the Tenant Healthy, which will air in December. 